The truth is that our words shape our relationships. Our words shape our relationships. The words that have been said to us have shaped our self-esteem, shaped how we see ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. Our parents' words have shaped us. We're shaping our kids by the words that we use. Our feeling of security on our jobs is, is shaped by what the boss says to us and says about us, what our coworkers say about us. If you're a child, you shape the relationship that you have with your parents by the words that you say or don't say. And our biggest regrets, our biggest regrets revolve around words we've used. I mean, think about somebody comes up to you and asks you to do something or asks you to go somewhere, and you say, yes. And you really wish that you had said no. Some of us have relationships that were destroyed because of hateful, angry, bitter words. Words that did irreversible damage. Our, our words can bring great joy. They really can. I mean, recall the first time when someone who really meant a lot to you said, I love you. Wives, remember when, when he asked you, will you marry me? Uh, guys, remember when she said, yes. <laughs> Although that was more relief than joy, I think. I don't know. Back on it. Remember when the doctor said, you're going to have a baby. I remember later when the doctor said, it's a boy, or these are foreign, this is a foreign language to me, it's a girl. <laughs> Words have the power to produce strong, negative, and strongly positive emotions in all of us. So we've been studying the book of James, and we've said that the theme of the book is faith at work, applying our faith, putting it to work in our everyday lives. And James says throughout the book, if we don't use our faith, if we don't put our faith to work for all practical purposes, it's worthless. If we don't apply what we know, it's the same as not knowing it. If we're not living our faith, it's the same as not having faith. It's worthless. It's useless. If faith is going to do us any good, it's got to be put to work. Today, James is going to talk to us about our words about the positive and negative power of the words that we say. And so I want us to turn over to James chapter 3. If you've got your Bible with you. If you don't, we're going to put the Scriptures up on the screen as we go along, so you can just follow along there. Today's passage, really, more than anything else, is kind of a wake-up call, and that will become a little more clear to you as we go. Um, that's because there's some issues here. James starts off with a warning for preachers and teachers. And then he goes on to discuss the tongue and the way that we use our words. We, we're going to pick up here in verse 1, James chapter 3, verse 1, where he says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, can I just tell you openly and without shame that this verse makes me break out in a cold sweat? I mean, as a preacher, as a Bible teacher, knowing that I have a high level of accountability, knowing that God's listening, He's taking notes, there's going to be a review, you know, there's going to be a, oh yeah, you were real good about, you know, telling them what to do, but how about you? How about the way you lived? That's not a comforting thought. Sobering thought, but it's not a comforting thought. But thankfully for me, James goes on, and he starts talking about all of us, not just me, but all of us. 
in verse 2. When he says, indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. What an amazing statement. We all make mistakes. We all go the wrong places. We do the wrong things. We make bad choices. But listen, James says, if we're able to control our tongues, if we're able to control what we say, we've got it made. We are as perfect as we will ever be this side of heaven. James is telling us that our mouths are the most difficult thing in the world to control. We know that, right? We know that our mouths just get us into trouble and create problems for us over and over and over again. And James says if you can get to the place where you make zero mistakes in what you say and the words you use, then you're perfect and you can do anything. And then he goes on to show how our mouths control our lives. In verse 3. He says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Now here's, I, I am not a, a horse person. Okay? But I know this. That no matter how large a horse is, if you can get a bit in its mouth, you can control the whole horse. You don't have to control their feet. You don't have to have control of their torso. If you can get a bit in their mouths, if you control the horse's mouth, then the whole horse is under your control. Gain control of that little part. In, 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 you know, speaking of the whole horse, that mouth is a small part. Gain control of that, and that allows you to control the whole body. He goes on to give another illustration in verse 4. He says, And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. James says, think of a ship. I mean, the largest ship you can think of, no matter how big it is, the entire course of the ship is controlled by the rudder. In proportion to the, to the entire ship, the rudder is a very small part, and yet that is the part that controls the course, the direction of the entire ship. And then he says in verse 5, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing. That makes grand speeches. Our tongues are a small part of our body in proportion to everything else. And like a bit in a horse's mouth, like the rudder of a ship, our tongue determines the course of our entire life. When James says our our tongues make grand speeches, he's talking about the power and the potential that are in the tongue. Think about it. Our words got us our jobs. Our words got us that first date. Our words got us our spouses. Our words got us our friends. Our words make us a a good communicator or a poor communicator, and that determines a whole lot about, about our career and about how well we'll do at the job that we work at. Our words can land us in jail. Our words can get us expelled from school. Our words can get us out of a ticket. Some people's words can get them out of tickets. I never could. 
but I could go on and on and on and on because the words that come out of our mouths determine in large part the course and direction of our lives. James clearly says, listen, if you can just get control of this, if you don't listen to anything else I say, if, if you don't pay any attention to anything else I've written, if you just get control of your tongue, you're in good shape because the rest of your life follows this. Your career, your relationships, your friendships, your family. Now all of that is introduction. James goes five verses in just giving introduction. Because what James writes next is the core of what he wants to say to us. It's the heart of what he wants to tell us. And he's going to change direction a little bit. He says, we've been talking about horses and bits and, and ships and rudders, but there's something else you need to know about your tongue because not only does your tongue have the, 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 the power, the potential to set the course and direction of your life, it also has the power to set the course and direction of someone else's life. The words we speak in certain circumstances and in certain situations have the power and potential to set a course for other people and determine a direction for them. And here's the truth. Here's the uncomfortable truth. And you think it's quiet in here now. We are walking around with a loaded weapon everywhere we go. We carry with us the ability to create unbelievable damage, to destroy people, to destroy things. And here's how James says it. It's right in the middle of verse 5. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Smokey Bear taught us that, right? James and Smokey agree. Imagine what one little match could do. One tiny spark from one match can burn down an entire forest. One match can burn down this whole building. One match could destroy the entire town. One match out of control brings incredible destruction wherever it goes. And then look at what James says about our tongues. In verse 6. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Here's what James means, and think about this. Right now where you sit, right now where I stand, right now at this moment, we have the potential to unleash damage and destruction and pain and hurt. With this right here. Right now, I could begin saying words and in 30 seconds destroy my reputation, destroy my ministry. Right now. Not with truth, with words. James is saying there is not any evil in the world that has not been initiated by words. Wars have been started by words. 
Murders have been committed because of words. Untold destruction has been initiated by words. And James says that in my body and in yours, there's this small part that all by itself, that in and of itself is a world of wickedness. That there's no limit to the pain and destruction that can occur because of our words. You can get in the car in just a few minutes and between here and your house, destroy an entire family because of your words. We can go to work in the morning and within 10 minutes have to be escorted out by security, terminated because of our words. I could ruin your reputation with words. You could ruin my reputation with words. You could destroy this church with words. A world of wickedness. All by itself. James uses, a, he's painting a word picture here, and he uses a military term. There was a military tactic in that day. It was used quite often. Everybody that, that read this book would have been familiar with it. Where they would light a chariot or a wagon on fire and then roll it down the hill into the village or the town. And it would set fire to everything that it touched, and it had the potential to destroy the entire town. And that's the picture he's painting. James is saying that every one of us has the same potential through our words. We already knew that too, didn't we? I mean, some of us could say, you know, I didn't need the Bible to know that. I mean, I could just tell you my story. I burned down an entire marriage with words. I burned down a relationship with my son or daughter. I drove them away with words. I burned down an entire career with the things that came out of my mouth. I burned down a friendship with words. I burned down the lives of people that I said I loved the most. People I said meant the most to me in the world. With words. Others of us would say, yeah, I didn't need a verse to know that truth because I've spent some time in the burn ward because of words that have been said to me because of what a spouse or an ex said to me. I have no relationship with my children because their words are like a fire. All of us bear the scars of the burns inflicted by others through their words. And a lot of us, a lot of us are both victims and inflictors of the burns. But you know what our biggest problem is? We are grade A number one excuse makers. We say things like, well, it wasn't really my fault. I mean, you don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. I didn't mean to. I love that one. I didn't mean to. I was angry and I lashed out. I was drunk. I was just being honest. Sometimes we, sometimes we even put our excuses before the words that we say. Don't you love it when somebody says, well, no offense. 
But, because we know that what's coming out of their mouth is just about to be very offensive. But somebody says, don't take this the wrong way. Hey, you know what? In just a moment, we're going to wish there was some other way we could have taken the words they said. And we burn down relationships. We burn down families and careers with words. And, and sure, they just caught us at the wrong time. They caught us in an unguarded moment. You know, uh, uh, I've got a little bit of a temper. But my, my mom, she was the same way. And Whatever our excuse is, James says the bottom line is that our words are a fire. And we have the potential to destroy people that we love people that we are close to, and not with, a, not with a hammer, not with an axe, not with a gun, but with our tongues. And here's something that dawned on me this week. And I think every one of us can relate to this, because we've all been burned. We've all been burned by the words of other people. We've all burned other people with our words. But you know what? When we look in this passage of Scripture and we say, okay, James, I get it, I know, now what should I do? We can't find anything. There's no handy list of things to do to fix this. You know what? I bet in my lifetime that I have heard at least dozens of sermons on this passage of Scripture, and they all have the same title, Taming the Tongue. But the thing is, in this passage of Scripture, we're not told how to tame our tongue. The thing is this, there is no ABCs and one, two, threes of how to get control of our tongue. I mean, James gives this explicit description of how we, we burn people up, what we do to each other with our words, and then he just goes on to the next thing. Just look at verse 7. Now, this is incredible. People can tame all kinds of animals, curds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. And no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. Here's what James is saying to us. There is no final solution to this problem of the tongue. We've trained all kinds of animals. We've tamed all kinds of animals. We've brought almost every species under our control to some degree. But unlike the animals that we put in cages, or zoos, or on preserves, or in aquariums, the tongue cannot be tamed. There is no final solution. There's no 13-week course, five easy slips, or best-selling book that we can read and then put into practice. It is a loaded weapon that we carry with us, and there's nothing we can do about it. Look at verse 9. Hey, when you thought it couldn't be any worse, listen to this. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. James says, you come in here on Sunday morning and we're praising the Lord and we're blessing God and hallelujah and amen and oh, I'm changed. I'm never going to be the same. And then we get in the car and we start screaming away at people, hurting them, hurting people who were made in the image of the God we were just worshiping. 
We worship Him on Sunday, and on Monday we're slashing and burning people He made in His image. We're in His image. It's unpredictable. It's out of control. 